This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, episode 88. Whoa. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hood, and I'm here with my co-host with the most... Uh, co. <laughs> Keep it. That stays in the podcast. Don't you dare edit that, James. Chris, purple shirt, Graham. <laughs> How you doing today, Chris? I'm fantastic, Brian. How are you? I'm good, man. My wife asked me the other day. She said, is there some reason that Chris decided on a purple shirt as his thing? Well, here's the thing. I was like, I gave it a try and I was, because I was like, one, I don't want to make choices. Right. You Steve Jobs did. Yeah. I want to Steve Jobs it. And then so that I can go into work and be singularly focused on the work that's at hand. But why the purple shirt? That's the question that we have here. Well, part of it, I used to wear gray shirts. And then I was like, I had one purple shirt and I was like, I look great in this shirt. <laughs> and I was like, I like it a lot. And it stands out. And if you see a dude in a purple shirt, this happened to us at NAM. I'm the only guy in a purple shirt. And you're like, oh, there's Chris Graham. I can see him from across the room. So it was a, like a branding choice. But here's the thing. When I first started doing it, the podcast wasn't popular. <laughs> And then the podcast got popular and I kind of got trapped and I kind of want to stop, but I don't think I have a choice now. That's great. I think uh, Old Navy took after you. They put out some limited edition shirt for 4th of July. They, apparently, this is my wife's knowledge. She's the fashion guru of the household. Okay. She said that apparently Old Navy puts out a limited edition shirt every year for 4th of July. By the way, we're recording this podcast on 4th of July because Chris and I never take days this off. This is true. <laughs> the one this year was actually purple. Because it's a blend of red, white, and blue or something. and That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. First of all, purple is a royal color, and America's not a royal country. We don't do that stuff around here. They're just trying to be inclusive of all of Americans. I guess so. From all backgrounds. Who says to themselves, Oh, I can't wait for the Old Navy limited edition 4th of July t-shirt this year. Uh. Well, they only made 1,994 of them to celebrate the starting year of Old Navy or something. So this is all secondhand knowledge. I don't know any of this stuff. So I'm just, I'm just, I would have gone with 1,976 personally, but that's just me, a true patriot, you know, 4th of July, baby. Did you mean 1,776? Cause we sure weren't founded in 1976. Oh yeah. That was our bicentennial. <laughs> I meant 1776. My God. Can we? Can we get on with the show, my dude? That's embarrassing. Actually, we got a banner more. Let's banner. We got to increase banner by 37% this quarter. We do. Yeah. What's new in Chris Graham land? Okay. So there is something new. One of our most popular episodes is the negotiation episode, which is episode, I don't know. Go look it up yourself. It's episode 30. Okay. Thank you, Brian. And it's called 11 highly effective negotiation tactics any audio professional can use. Very popular episode. It was. We got a lot of feedback on that one. I used some of that technique with Amazon yesterday because yesterday yesterday <laughs> and we ordered a new mattress and it was supposed to get here on Tuesday and Tuesday's also trash day so me and my wife were like well we'll throw away the old mattress on Tuesday day and then we'll get the new mattress on Tuesday afternoon from Amazon but Murphy of Murphy's Law overheard this conversation and he said I don't think so I'm going to make sure that your mattress gets shipped from Indiana to Columbus and then back to Indiana for no reason. And so we called Amazon. We complained. They gave us a small discount. And then the, it showed up the next day after we slept on the couches. And the box was kind of jacked up. So I called them and was like, no, let me speak to your manager. 
got the manager on the phone and was like, you know, told him what had happened. You don't have the let me speak to the manager haircut, Chris. <laughs> this is true. But I said, let me speak to the manager. Really cool guy. Had a really interesting accent. I could, I th- it might have been a fake like British accent because it didn't sound real. But anyways, he was like, you know, I'm prepared to offer you a 15% refund. I asked my wife, which is an appeal to authority. Go back and listen to the episode. Yeah. Asked my wife. I said, well, what do you think, honey? Does that seem fair? And she said, yeah, that seems fair. And basically, long story short, the guy said, oh, so your wife thinks it's fair. And I said, she does, but I'm not so sure that I do. <laughs> and then I paused and then I just let it get real awkward. And then he said, I'm prepared to offer you a 30% refund. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because of the pause. I didn't say anything. I made an awkward silence. Dude, that was straight out of that episode. It's wasn't straight it? out of that episode from yeah. that book. Yeah. It's for whoever breaks the silence loses. Whoever breaks the silence first loses. Yeah. And so the mattress is like half off and it's a tuft of needle. It's quite comfortable. Can you tell a dollar amount of how much you saved? Yes. It was a $750 mattress, King, and we got $310 off. Yeah, so like how long did that phone call take you? 20 minutes. But I worked. I multitasked. So I was like doing emails and stuff and was on hold and talking to them. It was great. Yeah, so that's about $960 an hour. I'm just doing the quick math here. Hey, I'll take it. That's pretty good. On top of whatever your normal hourly rate is, Chris, which (laughs) may or may not be that amount. I don't know. So wonderful story. Great banter. We're doing doing great today, Chris. I got nothing else to add. I don't have any cool stories to add. So let's actually, let's just take this awkward moment to segue into the actual episode today. (laughs) You look like you're about to throw up right now. Nobody can see you right now. I just awkward silenced you. See? Negotiation. What are you negotiating? (laughs) Totally out of context. This doesn't mean anything. That's the wrong application. What we teach. Don't do what Chris just (laughs) did. That's negotiation 101 right there. Today's episode, if you could tell by the title, which was probably remarkable because I write all of our show titles. It's true. You're very good at it. <laughs> We're actually going to be talking about how to get started with retargeting ads. So I know you're thinking, what the <laughs> freaking frack is that? Hopefully I did way better than... That was a terrible pitch. Yeah, that yeah. was a terrible pitch. It's funny. In the moment, you're like titles when we're recording. Very bad. Yeah. <laughs> but after the fact, I always read them. Like the, that Tuesday, they come out and I'm like, wow. It's the writer's brain versus the speaker's brain. I don't have a good speaker's brain. Like if I'm making stuff up off the top of my head or like if I want to tackle a topic, if I'm speaking it out, I could never do like a voice to text audiobook. But if I'm writing it out, I can do some really good stuff. Totally the opposite. I feel like you just use a different part of your brain. And my wife's the same way. She can't, she couldn't like just speak stuff out. But if she writes it out, she's a beautiful writer. So it's just one of those weird, weird things. So, but today we're going to talk about retargeting on advertising. And before you tune us out, before you said, oh, that's not for me. I don't need that. I don't want that. I don't want to deal with that. Paid advertising is for losers or it's too complicated or I don't know how to do it or I don't want to lose money or, or even worse, the worst excuse of all is I don't want to spend money on advertising. Let me talk to him, Brian. Yeah. Let me, let me, yeah, let me yeah. talk to him here. So, so here's the thing, guys. There's a lot of discussion from a lot of respectable, really smart, very talented people in our industry. And some of them say you should never, ever, ever do paid advertising for your studio. And sort of two things happen there. When someone says paid advertising for their studio, they're like, well, isn't that cheating? If someone hires me after seeing an ad, doesn't it mean that I wasn't good enough to get their attention in the first place? No, doesn't mean that at all. It means there's a lot of things trying to get their attention. And sometimes you have to pay for the opportunity to get someone's attention. And here's the thing. So let me just say that again. Let me re-say what Chris just said. You are paying because you weren't able to convert them on the first time, but it's better than not getting the gig altogether. So that's all I'm going to put there. Right. And so there's two things I would separate. 
There's paid marketing, which is trying to get people who have never heard of you to check out your stuff. And there's remarketing, which is trying to get people who have been to your website or interacted with you on social media to remember you, to see you again, to think of you and to stay top of mind. Here's the thing. Whether or not you should do paid marketing to quote unquote cold traffic, people who have never heard of you before is certainly a context dependent discussion. There are people that shouldn't do paid marketing to cold traffic, but tough love. Every business on earth can benefit from remarketing. It's much cheaper than going to cold traffic. And I would go so far as to say, if you can't make money profitably with remarketing, you probably shouldn't be in business anyways. It's much easier. Let me actually piggyback off that. If anyone's still confused right now, let me just quickly explain what retargeting is, just so we're all on the same page here. If you think about advertising, let's just use Facebook, for example, because it's just the easiest one to think about. Most people use Facebook or Instagram, and you've seen the ads on there. Most people, when they think of advertising, they're thinking of cold advertising, meaning that you are targeting people that have never heard of you before, and you're attempting to turn those strangers into paid customers. That is extraordinarily difficult to do profitably. And expensive. It's extremely difficult, thus expensive. And so the difference between that and retargeting is with retargeting, you're only showing those ads to somebody who has already been to your website or they've already liked or commented something on social media, on your studio social media page. And so they're already familiar in some way, shape or form with your studio brand or with you as a producer or mixing engineer or mastering engineer, they're already familiar with you. So it's a completely different type of interaction. And a lot of you know what this is. You go to a website, if you've ever been to Tuft and Nito's website, or you've ever been to Purple Mattress's website, you will get their ads for at least two months afterwards, constantly. I know this because I recently got a mattress a few months ago and I did a lot of research on what sort of mattress we wanted and I got tons and tons of ads from all sorts of different brands out there and I got retargeted by every single one of them and I got targeted by a few other brands that I had never visited with cold ads. That's a different rabbit hole we're not going to go down. So all that to say, retargeting is really hard to mess up. It is by far the most profitable form of advertising you will ever be able to do. And just for example, I'll give you guys an example. If I spend 20 grand in a month, which I have in the past, not so much right now, but like last year, I was heavily involved in paid advertising. If I spent $20,000 on advertising, only about $500 of that would be for retargeting. It's very, very cheap. Let's clarify. You got a couple businesses. That's spread across multiple businesses, but only about 500 of that is to do retargeting. It's extremely cheap is all I'm trying to say. It's like less than, it's like 5% or so of my overall ad spend will be for retargeting. However, that $500 that I spend on advertising will be probably the most profit is where all my profit will come from. I might break even on the cold advertising, but I will profit on the retargeting ads. And that's what we want to focus on in this episode is helping you implement a strategy for your studio to do retargeting because it sounds complex on the surface level, but when you dig in and you really start to analyze what you can do with retargeting, it becomes a whole lot less scary. You start to see the opportunity there. You start to see how this is honestly some of the lowest hanging fruit any business out on the internet right now. And if you're not doing it, you're honestly saying no to money. Totally. Yeah. There's no reason not to. Well, and here's the thing. Many of you are obsessed with not spending money. It's an unhealthy blue collar thing that you were raised with. And I was raised with it too. This idea that like any money spent is bad money spent. Not true. Yep. Not true when you run a business. It's a limiting belief. It's a very limiting belief. If you have a job, 
and you make a salary, then it's much, 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 much more true. But when you're running a business, it's not like that. And here's the thing. Most people in our industry fixate on social media. They're like, well, I got to make a post. Oh, I'm going to take a picture of this piece of gear. Oh, I'm going to, you know, take a video of this guy recording. Oh, I'm going to do this, the same freaking photo that everyone does all the time. A picture from behind me as I work on my studio gear. Yay. <laughs> it's a different angle by five degrees than last week's picture. So when you're doing that stuff, here's the thing. Here's what happens. Let's say you have a thousand followers on Instagram. 10% of those people will see that post. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Not 1,000 of them, 100 of them. So you can post all you want. Most of the people who you think are following you or you think might hire you aren't going to see what you're posting and it's wasted time. Now, here's why that is. Mark Zuckerberg, who owns Facebook, is a smart guy. Love him or hate him. Love him or hate him. He built this giant social platform. Then he bought a bunch of other social platforms, Instagram included. Instagram's owned by Mark Zuckerberg. And he said, I'm going to get a bunch of people to use this and I'm going to make it really easy for them to get benefit out of it. They're going to make a post and everyone who likes their brand or who likes them is going to see it. And then as people get more addicted to my product, I'm going to lower the percentage, the natural organic reach of each post so that people will learn that they have to pay to boost a post. Now, this isn't the same for a personal Instagram or a personal Facebook page. You'll actually get a much higher percentage of people that your post reaches on your personal pages, but on business pages or business Instagram accounts, that is not the case. And so retargeting is a way for you to reach not just more people, but the right people. And that's the big key here. And if you go back to episode number 83, where we talk about how to double your income by aggressively following up, that was just you know five or six episodes ago, that is really going to give you an idea of why this works so well. Because in that episode, we talk about following up aggressively. I would follow up 15 times in a two-year period in order to win a gig. That's just staying top of mind. As people go through life changes, they go through different phases of their musical career, whether they're writing or they're recording or they're mixing or mastering or releasing and touring. They're at different stages at different times. And if you can use follow-up or retargeting on advertising, if you can use one of these two methods to stay top of mind, then when it comes time for them to book studio time, you will be on the top of their mind. So they will hopefully reach out and actually contact you when it comes time to book studio time or mixing services or mastering services or whatever it is you do. But if you're not top of mind, when it comes time to book the gig, you will not win it ever. Yep. It's a battle for top of mind. And so here's kind of a funny, stupid, goofy skit that I'm going to embarrass myself. I can't wait. Here we go. So for most businesses in our industry, a potential client comes along and they're like, oh, hey, look, a producer. And that's the end. They're like, hey, that's cool. Maybe I'll work with them. And then they leave and then they forget about you. That's how it goes most of the time. You don't know this because you don't see when someone sees you. That's the way social media and the internet works. They're like, hey, cool website. Now they're gone. Retargeting is a little different. Retargeting is Hey, cool, a producer. Hey, nice website. Well, see you later. Hey, that's another cool ad for that producer. Hey, that's a pretty cool song that a producer did. Oh, wow. He's doing some great work. Maybe I should hire him. These ads come up again and again and again. It keeps pulling you back to your brand. It's a tractor beam. It keeps pulling you back and it keeps you top of mind and it gives you more opportunities than the 14 seconds that the guy was on your website or that he checked out your Instagram account to re-engage with him and to try to pull him closer. 
There's a free tool I want to pitch here called Hotjar, H-O-T-J-A-R. It'll be in our show notes at the sixfigurehomestudio.com slash 88. Hotjar. Does it hold farts? Because that's what it sounds like. That's an amazing. That's amazing, actually. <laughs> it's better than that even. It's Oh, that's incredible. So what it is, it's a plugin that you can just hook into your website, assuming you have a website for your studio, and it will record the session of someone coming to your site. So you can see what they do from the time they get there to the time they leave. And you're going to learn a whole lot of stuff when that happens. You're going to find out that it's creepy. an ad blocker maybe blocks the music player from loading at all. So they can't even hear your portfolio and you didn't know that. Or you're going to find that they read your headline and bounce constantly. It means your headline's bad. Or they get to your form and start to fill it out and they're like, I don't feel like doing this. And then they leave. You're going to find out all sorts of interesting things, which is going to help your website. But despite all of the things you could potentially do, even the best converting website, you might get 10% of people to fill out your quote form. Yeah, you're kicking butt if you can hit 10%. Yeah, 10% is double my website. Mine's been hovering around 5% for forever. So if my website converts at 5%, Chris, I'm sure yours is somewhere around there, somewhere similar to that, hovering around that. I think it's at 6% right now. <laughs> well, that's very nice. All that to say, 95% of the people that come to my site leave and likely don't come back if they do come back, they're not filling out my form the second time. Let me jump in here real quick. The number one reason they don't come back is they forgot about you. It's that simple. They just forgot about you. That's my point. So when you are not taking advantage of 95% of your website's traffic, you were leaving so much money on the table. They came to your site to maybe listen to your portfolio, to check out your work. Maybe someone referred them to you. Maybe they found your credits on Spotify. They wanted to go check out this guy's work. He's a producer and I found this song I like and I like the sound of it. So I Googled his name and I came to this dude's website, checked out his work, love it. I need to think about this guy next time we're going to record our music. Never see him again. They're gone. But with retargeting, you can then show ads to that person once, twice a month for the next 12 months for a very, very cheap amount of money. And we're talking like to show an ad, and I think we've talked about this before, but to show an ad to a thousand people, it might cost you five to $10 to show them an ad one time. That's an insane deal to me. A thousand people that have been to your website over the last six months, it's an insane deal. So obviously you want to show them more like 12 times a year, but that's still a tiny amount of money for how much one project is worth to you. Like my average project value is about 2000 bucks. Chris is probably a quarter of that, somewhere around there, maybe more than that now. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's about, yeah. Even one project for either of us will pay for an entire year's worth of advertising for our studio a lot of times. So I think that's enough really good reasons for people, unless you got something else to add of why advertising is such a good thing to do. Here's the other thing that I don't think most people know. When you set up a retargeting advertising campaign, it's a little challenging slightly at first to figure it out, to learn it. There's plenty of great resources out there to figure this out. But here's the thing. You can set it up and eventually you can pretty much forget about it. You can just know you set a budget, you know, in Google or Facebook or wherever you're doing this and you say, Hey, Facebook, you are allowed to spend up to $10 per month on getting people who have already interacted with me, who already know who I am to see my stuff again. I think the minimum, just to clarify, is a dollar a day. So about 30 bucks a month on an ad set. Okay, yeah. My advice, if you are in a position where you are regularly working with a decent number of customers, and I would say that's, you know, more than, you know, two or three or four or five a month, spend $50 a month in retargeting. Or just set it to the minimum. Honestly, I think there's very little reason unless you just have no one interacting with your social media page. It's not just website visitors, by the way. It's anyone who has visited your studio's Facebook page, your studio's Instagram, people that have liked or commented on things. Like to me, 
unless you have no one interacting on social media and no one coming to your site at all, you should always have at least a dollar a day ad spend on retargeting on Facebook. 100% agreed. Listening to this show right now, there are at least a few youngish, probably dudes, because most of our audience is dudes. 97%. Yeah, who are competing with baby boomers. You're competing with entrenched guys who've been doing this for a while. You're going to start doing remarketing and you're going to wipe the floor with these old school guys who refuse to learn new things. I'm telling you right now, there are going to be people, I'm going to meet you in a year at NAMM or something like that. And like, dude, I started doing that and I started crushing it with my studio. So cheap, so easy. And you just have to figure it out, set and forget, and make sure that you are continually re-engaging people who have expressed interest. Because this is what happens. If someone comes to your website, it's like walking into a physical brick and mortar store and then saying, hmm, which is an open door. There's a possibility of a sale there. If they walk away and never come into your store again, there's no possibility of a sale. Your goal is to get them to come back in another time. And they go, hmm. And then they leave. And then they see another ad a week or two or a month later. And then they come back and say, hmm, I'll take it. That's the goal of remarketing is just to get them to come back in the store again. Now, we've got a whole bunch of ideas on just easy things that you can do to create these remarketing ads. Because here's the thing, a remarketing ad that's just like, I offer mixing services. I offer mixing services. That'll probably work. I mean, it's, it's better than nothing, but it's... It's better than nothing. There's a lot more you can do. There's a lot more you can do. We've got some good ideas for you. If you're interested in implementing some sort of retargeting campaign for your studio, there should be more than enough ideas for me to pull from. We have an advice buffet for you for content ideas for ads. And guys, guys, we've got a really, really really good idea. Last. We've saved it for last. This is a smoking good idea. We came up with this idea. Neither of us has tried this yet. This is a brand new marketing idea that no one in your entire industry is doing and no one knows about unless you listen to this podcast. It's pretty dope. So stay tuned till the end of the show. It'll work for somebody and I can't wait to talk about it. Let's talk about idea number one here. Content idea number one. This is something you actually do yourself, Chris. And this has been very, I don't want to use the word lucrative because that that just sounds skeezy, but it's been a profitable ad for you. And that is, I made a whole bunch of money with this ad. And you can too. Let's just make it sound like an infomercial. (laughs) That is screenshots of your reviews. Explain that. Yeah, dude. So easy. So I am very lucky And I've also worked really hard for this of asking for reviews when someone says they liked working with me. I've got hundreds of five-star reviews all over the internet on Google and Facebook and some on Yelp, just kind of everywhere. And that's great because when someone Googles Chris Graham Mastering, um, you can see that tons of people have been happy working with me. So here's what I did. I pulled up, I think it was like my Google reviews. And I just, if you, on a Mac, if you hold down. It's Facebook reviews. I'm looking at your ad right now. Okay, there you go. (laughs) that's amazing you found it that quick remarketing baby well no no, I I just want to mention something this is a secret weapon that I'm going to give our audience right now this is actually worth the price of admission I use this all the time but we never talk about ads on our podcast and so I never share this resource but I don't know if you know this Chris but you can look up any active ad for any brand on Facebook tell me how to do this it's the Facebook ad library. We'll have a link in the show notes. If you go to our show notes page at the sixfigurehomestudio.com slash 88, there is a link you can go to. I just typed in Chris Graham Mastering and I see your ad that we're talking about right now. But yeah, so you can search any active ad for any account out there 
and it's freaking awesome. So if you want to start lurking other people Ooh. and get ad ideas, I use it all the time for ad ideas. Uh, that's amazing. And here's the thing that's beautiful about marketing is it's kind of like audio. You never finish learning about it. You're never done. There's always something else you could do or something else you could learn. Marketing probably even more so than audio. It is a very, very, very large universe and you are only limited by your creativity and a little bit of know-how. And that's pretty cool. Let me go ahead and say one more thing about that. I'm looking at the actual ad that you're talking about right now, Chris, where you're advertising, you have over a hundred five-star reviews, which is an amazing feat in and of itself. And we're going to talk about what this ad is actually accomplishing and why you're doing it this way. But I want to mention the thing that is most important to me on this Facebook ads thing where you can view these ads, it shows when this ad was first published. It's old. It's November 15th, 2018, the day before my birthday. And the coolest thing about that is you've been running this thing nonstop probably, or at least yeah. off and on for the last, like, what is that? 10 months or so? Eight, nine months? I can't do the math out of my head, but that's an ad that's really, really good. You'll see a ton of accounts that have ads that are just posted this month. Most of those won't make it. You see an ad that's been around for that long. That's an old ad on Facebook, which means it's working well. This is a completely side note. I had an ad I ran for six years. Killed it for me. It was awesome. But yeah, this ad, this, so you guys can completely steal this idea. This is one of my best ads ever is once you've collected a bunch of reviews, I did this in Facebook. I had at the time, I think like 107 five-star reviews. I think there's a lot more than that now. 106, but who's counting? 106, whatever. Just go in there and on a Mac, hold down shift, command, and four, and then drag a box over whatever you want to take a screenshot of. I took a picture and then I posted it <laughs> on my Facebook page. And then I targeted that ad to be shown to people. I think it's like one to two times a month after they visited my website. That's it. So again and again and again, they're like, wow, he's got a lot of five-star reviews. He must be good. Oh, wow. He's got a lot of five-star reviews. So again, like, let's do this stupid skit that I'm embarrassed to do. And please don't mock me in the Facebook group for doing this. But it's, oh, hey, a mastering engineer. Wow. He's got five. That's a lot of five-star reviews. It really is a lot of five-star reviews. That's so many five-star reviews. Oh, I'm going to hire this guy. <laughs> that's, that's what's happening with the remarketing. And all the time people hire me who have seen that ad or they comment. So that ad still gets comments, even though I posted it such a, such a long time ago. And so that's just such an easy idea of you're just like, hey, I don't suck. And a lot of people think I'm good. Don't forget about me. That's the point of the ad. And so when you think about like how important it is to see those five stars, it is building trust. It's building social proof. It's just basically saying like when you see a five star, like with a hundred reviews for a restaurant, you're like, oh, this restaurant obviously doesn't suck. There's no way you're getting five-star reviews for that many reviews unless you were a quality restaurant. I'll give it a chance. You're pitching a free test master here. So it's like yeah. five-star review over 100 reviews. It's more than worth the chance of me taking to get a free test master. I'll go ahead and pull the trigger now that I'm ready to do it. And I think that's why it's worked so well for you is because you're staying top of mind over a long period of time. And yeah, so that's idea number one, screenshot of reviews. Anything else to add to that, Chris, before we move on? That's it. It's just that simple. All right. So idea number two, if we go back to last week's episode where we talked about lead magnets, how to create a lead magnet for your studio, this is a very good place to actually use your lead magnet. And that is through retargeting. So I want to actually picture this real quick. Someone comes to your site, listen to your portfolio. They like what they hear. They're not ready to take the next step yet. So they go off to do whatever it is they have to do that day, which is probably order more merch for the next tour. They are probably trying to get on the next big Spotify playlist. They're trying to finish up writing for the album. They are talking to their management. They're talking to the label. They have all these things going on. They're busy. They 
they don't have time to you know sit around and contemplate what studio they're going to go to but now they're getting an ad on facebook that has a lead magnet that is directly solving a problem they're facing right now in their stage of their album cycle i don't know what that problem might be you have to listen to episode number 87 to come up with a really good lead magnet for them but if you do a good enough job this is going to be a thing that immediately solves a problem that they are facing right now and this is a way for you to get their name and email address so that you can stay top of mind without having to retarget them in the future because now they're on your mailing list brilliant yeah i love it yeah and what this does is this is doing something called building reciprocity chris you want to talk about what reciprocity is and how it affects people yeah reciprocity is a french sauce typically put on scalloped potatoes and I regret this as soon as I said it. I hate you so much. <laughs> you love me and you can't help it. <laughs> Reciprocity is when you do something nice for someone and then they feel like they should do something nice back for you. That's it. And reciprocity is interesting because not to go like too far down the nerd rabbit hole here, but you think about like us as hunter gatherers, you know, we were basically like picking mushrooms and berries and maybe hunting a deer every once in a while for like millions of years. And we lived in groups of cave men and women of less than 150 people based on what anthropologists have done some research on. And this idea is that it was really an advantage <sighs> for, <laughs> that was a really on, by the way. <laughs> okay. But the funny uh, side story, I went on down about you yawning. So the idea here was that if you had reciprocity, if you felt the need to do something nice to someone who did something nice for you, that that was a significant survival advantage if you were in a caveman society. A society that had reciprocity was much more tightly knit than one that wasn't. So it's natural human behavior to want to do nice things for people who do nice things for you. And when you do something nice for a potential client, Sometimes that means they will do something nice for you. Yeah. So here's one of the big things I want to talk about with reciprocity real quick. Lead magnet on retargeting ad. Great, great idea. Something if you have a good lead magnet, that's the first place you should start promoting it is through retargeting on preferably Facebook is the easiest way to do this. Instagram. Also, WhatsApp is about to start getting ads on it as well, which is owned by Facebook, just so you know. But the thing about reciprocity is, is you can have no other differentiating factors between you and a competitor. You could have identical prices. You could have identical offerings. You have nothing unique about you, but you've built up a lot of reciprocity with someone. They're going to hire you every single time after the fact. And I think this is one of the reasons you've got so many people hiring you from the podcast, Chris, is just you've built up so much reciprocity from all the knowledge bombs you've dropped over the last 88 episodes to where when it comes time for someone to hire a mastering engineer, they're going to look nowhere else other than chrisgrandmastering.com. It's just because I'm good, Brian. It's got nothing to do with that. Because I'm talented. It's because you're good. And that's honestly the base, <laughs> the baseline of being a successful mastering engineer is you have to be good. But also, you've sown a lot of good seeds into our audience. And so you are reaping the reciprocity effect of that. Touche. This is just kind of a tangent between, we're fitting two topics into this episode. One is talking about reciprocity and one is the lead magnet on Facebook retargeting. Let me tell a funny story real quick. I love your funny stories, Chris, because sometimes they're not funny, which is also funny. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if you're laughing at me, you're laughing with me. I don't care. Just as long as you're laughing, right? That's true. When we went to NAM, I was considering building a mastering course, which I might do someday. At this point, I'm a little too consumed with some other projects I'm working on. Bounce Butler, almost done. Stay tuned. And uh, I remember I pitched you on my mastering course. We had a hotel room with two beds, 
and I was pitching you and you were laying in bed on my mastering course and you straight up fell asleep. <laughs> I remember while, that, dude. While I was... I straight up remember because oh, that man. was first of all, if anyone's ever been to Nam, the West Coast Nam, not the boring Nashville one. If you've been to the to the Anaheim Nam, it is a lot to take in. This is true. At the end of the day, you're exhausted because you've been talking all day. You've just heard instruments all day. You've walked thirty, forty thousand steps. Like it's just you've eaten like bad food truck food, and so that was what was set up for you telling me you were mastering course in the hotel room. Well, I think that was the day we walked past the drum Oof. area of Nam. That'll kill anybody's soul, man. If I die and go to hell, it will look like the drum section of NAMM. If you've ever been in the drum section of Guitar Center, it's like that multiplied times 100. Conservatively. Yeah. <laughs> Conservatively? <laughs> that Conservatively. was such a good Chris, Chrisism right there. Conservatively. <laughs> Conservatively. It's at least 100 times worse than a Guitar Center on like a Friday at 5. I don't know. When's bad at Guitar Center? I don't know. Somebody that works there knows. Let's go back to the retargeting ideas because that's what the episode's about. Let's retarget the topic of this idea. <laughs> what idea of this topic? Delete yourself. The screenshot of review. Screenshot of reviews. We talked about advertising lead magnets for retargeting. This next one is one that is good if you're already creating this sort of content, but it's studio videos. Quick example is I know a guy. Not going to name a name, but he has video cameras set up all over his studio, and it's for the purpose of. Just creating content on the fly. If you're recording a band, they've got something interesting they're doing or saying or teaching or just something funny happens, they can quickly and easily start to record because there's lights everywhere, there's cameras everywhere. So they just have tons of content by the time they're done filming a record. And some of this content is just pure gold. And so if you were to set some of your best videos up that you have already created for like a YouTube channel or that you're sharing on social media, if you just boost those and just put them in a campaign that's on your retargeting list, to where people are just getting an inside look of what it's like to record with you, that is a really, really good way to build trust and likability. If they see what it's like to work with you, all the fun times you're already having or the interesting stuff or the unique ways you're capturing sounds or something that's just super interesting and like, oh, I never thought of that. I didn't know that's how they did that. Like if you've ever seen Foley work where people are creating like sound effect stuff, that sort of stuff's intriguing. Oh, I love that stuff. Before we get into the podcast today, let me tell you a little something crazy about myself. I'm actually a psychic. And I'm going to prove it to you. You and I, we've probably never met, but I bet I can describe your business better than you can. Here's what my crystal ball says. You probably have no idea how to get clients other than waiting around for referrals and word of mouth. You're stuck in a perpetual cycle of feast or famine. So you have wild income swings from month to month. You're charging way less than you should and you know it, but you don't do anything about it. You feel like you have a million things you could be doing in your business and you have no idea what you should be focusing on. And you have tons of little half-built bridges leading to nowhere because you've jumped from thing to thing to thing as a dabbler. Am I right? Does this sound eerily similar to you? That's because I've been in your shoes and I've worked with thousands of freelancers who've also been there. So I'm not a psychic. My crystal ball is not real. I just have a really clear understanding of what freelancers are facing today. And if I can predict your problems, you can bet I actually have a solution to these problems. It's called client acquisition. We talk about this all the time on the podcast, but for some reason, freelancers still haven't really figured this out yet. This is why I created Clients by Design Coaching. It's a truly unique coaching program that helps you build your own client acquisition machine so you can break out of this feast or famine cycle that most freelancers never escape. So here's how our approach is unique. First, we do a deep dive on your business, we figure out what's missing, and we give you a complete marketing roadmap right from the start. So no more dabbling, no more guesswork, just a clear path to getting more clients. You always know what your next step is because we actually assign specific tasks to you. So instead of feeling overwhelmed, instead of feeling scattered, 
You can just focus on your next step. That's it. We give you unlimited feedback on everything you do so you can feel confident that every single step you're taking is the right one. And we hold you accountable, not by nagging you, but just by genuinely supporting and cheering you on every step of the way. If you're behind on any steps we've assigned to you, we'll proactively reach out and see how we can help. Clients by Design is not a course. We look at it like a partnership. We'll always show up. We'll always give you what you need, but you have to be willing to put in the work. This program is not for everyone, and that is okay. As of right now, I just checked the numbers. We've only approved about 25% of the applicants we've gotten so far, and that's because we are selective. We only accept your application if we believe we can truly help you. So if you're ready to end your feast or famine cycle and build a client acquisition machine, you can apply for Clients by Design by going to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. That's the number six, figurecreative.com slash coach. Now here's our show. Side note. If I'm ever like out in California or somewhere where a listener does a lot of Foley and my family can come and watch you do Foley for a real movie, that would create a lot of reciprocity. (laughs) I'd be surprised if any movies are doing that sort of stuff anymore because of sample libraries. Like you have every sound conceivable in a sample library now. So movies I would imagine are just using sample libraries now. Every sound, Brian. (sighs) Quote a sound right now that doesn't exist. (laughs) Delete that because that's the worst sound ever. Quote a sound. What's a sound that you don't think exists out there? And yes, that sound exists, Chris. It does now. We probably shouldn't put that. No, it sounds like here. a bad German dungeon porn thing. Yeah, <laughs> gross. We leave it to you, it's James. Up to you, James, you're the German. You're the you're the German. All right. <laughs> James is our editor. He's fantastic. Yes. Everyone. Studio videos. Anything else to add to that, Chris? Oh yeah. I here's an idea. So I would bet. That even right now, and if not right now, definitely in the future, that if you had two identical studios in two identical towns on the opposite sides of the country, one of those studios had name brand microphones. You know, I can't name any of them because I'll get the gear slot alert. That's true. For those of you that are new to the show, we don't talk about gear. (laughs) Yeah, we don't. You're not allowed to. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. I'm going to say a name brand here in just a minute. But let's say you had like really expensive name brand mics and no cameras and no lights set up in your studio. And this other identical competing studio had road mics. Or how about Shenzhen quality audio? Shenzhen quality audio mics. Those fake knockoff mics you see in the basement at NAM. Ugh, I wouldn't stretch it that far. <laughs> I've been really impressed with road stuff and it's very cheap. Yeah. It's very inexpensive compared to like, you know, you know what? Stuff from Austria. Does it start with the letter U? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about right now. You mean N? U87. Oh, that's the model number, not the company, Brian. And gear slot alert for you, sir. Yes, I got him. Oh, been planning that for years. Anyways, so if these two studios went at it, you got studio number one who has name brand, thousands of dollar mics, no cameras, no lights, and another studio who has good but relatively affordable mics and good cameras and good lights, I would put all my money on the studio with cameras prevailing and growing the most. Especially if you're taking this content you're already creating and posting out there organically, if you're taking it and amplifying it through retargeting on Facebook and Instagram. Yes. And that's an important caveat there. Caveat. Caveat. I don't know how to say that word, but I love it. And it's caveat, but yeah. Caveat. So if you're amplifying that content, so let's say, here's a good example. Let's say you're studio is in San Diego, California. A well's vagina. (laughs) And you record, that's going to make no (laughs) sense to anyone that hasn't seen Anchorman. 
So <laughs> I just I just like to think anyone has not seen that movie and they hear me say that and they're like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> <laughs> a quote from a movie. He said it. Don't worry about it. Anyways, this idea, let's say you recorded a band that was pretty well known in San did I say San Diego? Yeah, San Diego. Okay. Let's say let's go San Francisco. The city by the bay. Why are you changing the city now? What's that? Why are you changing the city? Well, because Journey is like the band from San Francisco that everybody knows because other songs are about San Francisco. So let's say you're recording Journey in your home studio. This is a bad example. You shouldn't do this, but I'm just... I hope you're going somewhere with us, Chris. I, me too. Me too. But let's say you recorded Journey in your studio in San Francisco and you captured videos of it and you know you had everyone that came in your studio was like, hey, we might use videos, promotional, you got to approve them, whatever. And then you took a video, just a snippet of journey recording in your studio and you remarketed it to anyone that had been to your studio webpage. It's great content, right? In San Francisco, people were like, oh, snap. Yo, I'm going to check that studio out. And again, this isn't a good example, but it's something where you can take that content. Should we edit this out? I like it because it's a bad example. <laughs> it's such a bad example. <laughs> but I think a good example would be. Yes, please show me a good example. A lot of cities have what we call bands, 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 bands. <laughs> Those are bands that aren't quite famous, but all the other bands in the city love them. That would be the type of band you want to capture content, show them in the studio, because other bands who might want to hire you will see that. Brian, should we start a band and call it Bands Band? I'm going to move on here. So we've talked about screenshots or reviews. We talked about lead magnets. We talked about studio videos, so amplifying content you've already created. The next would be music videos. I don't know about you, Chris, but a lot of the music that I've mixed or recorded over the years has had a music video created for it. And a lot of those videos are fantastically done. Like they spent twice as much on the music videos they spent on the entire album on one music video. I can think of one video for a project you worked on for your old band that I saw that's like black and white. And my daughter, Honora, she's three, has the hots for Brian, for those of you that don't know. And she was like, I want to see Brian play the drums. <laughs> So like we pulled up this video and the video gets more intense and more intense. And I had to eventually press pause because your lead singer's face like caught on fire or something. Which is like the worst CGI of all time in like 2006 or seven. And it was like, okay, she's not ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, you've recorded a lot of artists in your career, Chris, or you've mastered a lot of artists. I've recorded and mixed a lot of artists. A lot of those have been turned into really good, high quality music videos. And for you to share those on, uh, on ads on Facebook for specifically retargeting ads, uh, it's not going to be hard for you to get permission from the artist and the label, most likely, because they're getting free promotion. You're getting two benefits from it. The first is it is a really, really good thing for positioning when a high quality music video is associated with your audio. Because Facebook and Instagram, both very visual platforms, Instagram specifically. So a lot of times an eye-catching music video, or at least a clip from an eye-catching music video is a great way to stop the scroll on Facebook or Instagram and get them to actually consume the content, the ad that you're showing them. And for them to see the end product, it makes it a lot easier for them to then visualize the end product for themselves. If they want to put out a single and they want to get a music video for it, they are seeing the full, completely done project at the end of the day, what all this hard work culminates into, and that helps them motivate themselves to taking the next step towards working with you. Bingo. And here's the thing. Here's what you want to happen is a potential artist that wants to work with you, sees content that you've worked on and says to themselves, 
I want my fans to feel the way I feel right now while watching this music video or while listening to this recording. And if that happens, you're going to get hired. That's it. The other thing is, as far as what to say in that sort of ad, all you need to do is talk about like the experience of working with these people in the studio, shout out the videographer who actually did the video because that's going to build more reciprocity with that freelancer because then they will maybe promote you in something. Cross-promoting each other is always a good thing to do in this business. And that's pretty much all you need to do. You can even do a call to action like Chris does in his ad. If you go to that ad library thing that we link to in the show notes, you can actually see Chris's ad that he's doing right now. How his call to action just says, need your songs mastered? Get a free master. <laughs> and then you, you can just click the thing to get the free test master. But that's called a call to action. So video is just saying, loved working with these guys. This music video turned out amazing. Props to videographer tagged here. If you can even tag on ads, I don't know if you can, but props to so-and-so at something videography. You actually cannot tag anyone on an ad. Okay, well, that makes sense. Well, you can still shout out their name. If you want to record your next single with us, click here and fill out a quote form. Super simple. These don't have to be some crazy masterpiece because these are not people that you're trying to convince to come record with you. These are people that are already probably interested in working with you. You're just getting them over the hump. This is really more just top of mind. That's why, worst case scenario, if you just had an ad that said, Get your songs mastered with me. Get your songs mastered with me. Get your songs mastered with me. Actually, that'd be a good video. Remember, head on, apply directly to the forehead. Head on, apply <laughs> yeah. directly to the forehead. Head on, apply directly Stop to the it. forehead. Oh my God, it I works. That yeah, it's the worst thing ever. Yeah. But if you're a studio and you're just basically saying the same message, it's still accomplishing the same thing. You're just trying to vary it up with these different ad ideas. Totally. This is great stuff, man. Well, we got two more ideas. The best one is coming. Brian, I want you to deliver that one. Let me pitch our last idea. This is a good one. One of the biggest problems that people who run recording studios have is fluctuations in income. And especially when you've got a gap, it's like, crap, man, I'm booked solid for the next month. But Tuesday and Wednesday of this week are not booked. Yeah, I've had this in the past where I went and I actually sent an email about this recently or a week ago, if you're listening to this podcast now, where I talked about I made $20,000 one month and then $2,000 the next month. That is a massive fluctuation in income. Yeah, so this idea of like, okay, you've got open space. If you have people that are like, man, I'm like right on the verge of hiring this guy. I would love to work with them. I'm thinking about booking time with them, if that's what your model is. You can remarket when you have a gap in your schedule. You can run a one-time ad and just say, hey, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week are open. Book now while space is still available. If you're interested in booking, typically I book a month in advance, you know, that sort of thing. You can run this sort of ad and you can probably fill that hole with, you know, you could run a discount, you know, whatever. But there's also a scarcity play here of, hey, there's this one block of time and only one person's going to get it. Is it going to be you? It gets very, very interesting. And I really think that in the future, one of the biggest changes that we're going to see in commerce in general, whether that's restaurants or recording studios or whatever is that when people aren't up to capacity, you know, when a restaurant's like only a quarter of the tables are full, in the future, those restaurants are going to run a spontaneous ad that's going to be a sale to convince people to come in so they can fill it up and be up to capacity. Same thing for recording studios. If you have an open day, you can run an ad to fill just that day. And if it costs you like $3 to do that, man, you freaking win. I think one of the biggest things here is no matter how good you are at your studio, like no matter how high quality your stuff is, even the best people have gaps in their calendar. Maybe somebody canceled last minute 
or maybe you just couldn't get this awkward gap filled up. It's like a three-day span. You just want to have some work here. Facebook ads for retargeting is a really good way to get the message out to a lot of people very quickly and to fill those little spots up. So this is another really good use of that is running these last minute sales or even last minute offers. If you were at a high demand, just the fact that they know that they can get a last minute booking with like a week or two's notice, whether you discount or not, there's a scarcity to play there to know that like, there's only one spot available. I'm booked up six months in advance from now. I've got this one week gap open in a couple of weeks. If you want it, fill out the quote form and let's get talking right now. Yeah. This isn't a thing yet that I'm aware of, but in the future, you absolutely, I would guess through like Acuity or Calendly, these apps that let you sync with your calendar and let people make payments to book your time. In the future, I'm sure there will be ad integration that you'll be able to flip on some plugin or some software and it'll automatically look and see, oh, he's not booked then. I'm going to run an ad automatically. That's totally going to be a thing. It'll be normal. It's not a thing yet. So you need to do it manually in the meantime. So like I said, here's our last idea. I think this is a fantastic idea. Brian and I were discussing ideas for podcast episodes and we were kind of going back and forth about Spotify. And we were arguing about, you know, whether or not you should put a Spotify playlist of your work on your website. And Brian just sort of spit out this idea out of nowhere. And the whole episode was built around like, holy crap, no one's doing that. Why is this not the normal thing to do? So this next idea, Brian's going to share it, is incredible. And if you're listening to the podcast on Tuesday morning, hurry up and do it because no one else knows about it but you right now. Yeah. So real quick, the conversation was originally Chris and I talking about like adding a Spotify player to your website, linking to like a Spotify playlist. And Chris's thought process behind this was, well, if we get them to go to a playlist off of my site, maybe they'll listen through it more times and kind of develop an affinity towards me because they've listened to my playlist so many times. I don't hate that idea. It's okay. But my big thing is, as far as conversion optimization, meaning getting as many people to sign up for a quote request on your website as possible to maximize that number, you don't want to have anything on your site that links them away to something else that's going to distract them. And that's because Spotify will, as soon as the app opens up, it's going to like pop up and say, hey, this new release just came out or hey, this new podcast episode came out or hey, listen to your weekly playlist that we just curated for you. They're doing anything they can to distract you from the thing that you want them to do. Spotify is going to get them to do what they want them to do. And so for that reason, I don't love the idea of having anything that pulls people off of your website. However, this is where the idea kind of shifts into a retargeting idea because I love the idea of someone listening through your playlist and developing affinity for your work. I've done this in my past. I know when my old band was choosing a producer, I would listen to everything that producer put out because I had already developed an affinity for his work and I wanted to hear everything he did because I wanted to visualize how our music was going to sound once we were ready to record with that producer. You can sort of short circuit this by building out that Spotify playlist of all of your past work, a really good, strong portfolio. Chris kind of came up with this idea because he was talking to a coaching client who had an incredible portfolio and they were just thinking of ways to leverage these songs that he had worked with and these artists that were notable and ways to get it out there so that they can get more clients. Well, this is where retargeting comes into play is by just creating a Spotify playlist of your best work, 10 to 12 songs, maybe more. And then promoting that Spotify playlist on Facebook as ad retargeting. This is a way to get people that have already been to your site, that already are familiar with your work, they probably already listened to a few songs, to say, hey, you're on your phone right now. Just click this button, listen to my playlist so you can hear the rest of my songs. This is a good way to get people to start familiarizing themselves with your brand and hopefully building an affinity towards your overall sound or whatever it is you're doing 
This is a great way to sort of hack that sort of affinity growth as quickly as possible. This is super interesting for one specific reason. When someone's on their phone, their attention's undivided. They're not multitasking, hopefully. They're probably not like driving their car and scrolling through Facebook unless they're a real seriously terrible person. And what happens when you get someone to click on that link to go to your Spotify portfolio playlist, let's call it a portfolio playlist. That's the new word, everybody. Once they hit that, they're going to be like, oh, cool, these songs are red. I'm going to go finish washing the dishes or I'm going to go finish my workout or I'm going to start my drive to work. And while they're doing something else, you are there passively in the background building a relationship with them. Think about that. Does that sound familiar? That's what we're doing with you right now (laughs) through the podcast. Podcasting is so amazing because you can multitask consume. If you leverage that power with your playlist, if you've got, you know, 12 amazing songs that you make a playlist out of in Spotify and start to share it with people. And let's face it, Spotify is the most popular way that your potential customers are going to listen to music. If you do that, you start to develop this relationship and this like, wow, that song was great. And like I said before, hopefully they have this moment where they say, man, I want my listeners to feel the way I feel right now while listening to this playlist. If that magic moment happens, if you create an emotional experience for your potential customer while listening to your playlist, your odds of getting hired have just gone through the roof. This is just a good way to build trust with your potential customers because they're going to start loving your work. I think this is going to be a lot more effective for those of you who are in a tight-knit niche. Like in my world, the metal world, there's not a wide variety. It's not a drastic wide variety that, unlike Chris, where you're doing like hip-hop, R&B, CCM, pop, you're doing acoustic, folk, like there's just so many different varieties to where like, I'm probably only interested in one or two of those genres as a potential customer. So you give me a playlist of all these different genres. I'm not going to listen to the entire thing. Most likely in my world, a metal fan's a metal fan for the most part. There's little subgenres, And for the most part, I've even niched down into just a few subgenres. So all my music's relatively in the same vein. So someone would probably binge listen to a full playlist without stopping. What's so funny is I know there's at least one listener right now that's like, no, there's not. There's no metals. No. That wasn't funny. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Are you saying someone in the metal community is an elitist? Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. It's really funny. There's, I think I'm saying his name right, but Finn McKinty. Punk rock NBA. The punk rock NBA. I love watching his stuff. Because he's kind of just like poking fun and making memes about this niche genre. He's killing it. He's got like over 100,000 subs on YouTube right now. And it's crazy because he wasn't like killing it really recently. He's found his stride in what he's doing for sure. Yeah, man. Here's a six-figure home studio salute to you. Finn McKinty. Finn McKinty. Hopefully we're saying your name right. (laughs) Funny, he actually spoke at the event that I spoke at uh, in Orlando. Nice dude. All right, so... Somebody go out there and try that, the Spotify playlist thing. You could try Tidal. You could try Apple Music. I don't know if you can do playlists like that. It's worth trying. But Spotify seems to be the most widely used to me. I'd recommend, you know, Spotify for sure. Tidal just did come out with some new features to promote the creators involved in the process of making the music, producers and engineers and all that stuff. So that's going to be interesting to see how that develops. Hopefully in the future, you'll be able to like Google yourself in Spotify or wherever you're listening to music and see every song that you've ever worked on right there. Certainly not the case right now, but probably will be in, this, in the future. Yeah, Spotify released their like credits thing like a while back. 
<laughs> and I'm like still not credited on the majority of the stuff that I do. Oh, dude, I'm probably credited on 5%, probably not even 5% of the stuff I worked on. For mastering engineers, it's a little weirder. Yeah, a lot of it comes back to the labels, not submitting stuff correctly. So yeah, it's just one of those, like it sucks, but you can try to talk to labels and they'll do it half the time. Anyways, that's a side problem. Anything else you want to add on this, Chris? I think retargeting, I think we did a pretty good job convincing people why it's so important, so easy to do. For like 30 bucks a month, you can set up a campaign. It's like, where else can you turn 30 bucks a month into a bunch of projects? That's the right point right there, man. I think that's a good mic drop moment. There is nowhere else you can spend $30 a month and get a better return on your investment than to retarget for your business on Facebook. Probably Facebook, Instagram, maybe Google. Check it out. Try it out and then post in our Facebook community at thesixfigurehomestudio.com slash community or just search for the Six Figure Home Studio community on Facebook. Tell us your results on retargeting. Whoa.